At the present time, I'm preparing several couples for the sacrament of holy matrimony. And one of the joys in that particular ministry is getting to know the story of how the couple met. And it's, it's really fascinating for me to hear, because although the couples are, are very different uh, from other couples, there's something which is very similar, which uh, they have in common with almost every relationship which I'm aware of, and that is there's an important element of mystery in that relationship. When somebody meets another person, there, there's something mysterious about that person. And um, they may become attracted to that person and they want to spend more time with that person because there's some, so much about that person that they don't know about. So they want to spend time with that person to get to know them better. And in doing that, their love for that person increases. And, and the more they love them, the more they know about that person, or the, the more they want to know about that person, and the more they know about the person, the more they, they love that person. So it just, it really feeds upon, it, upon itself, and it's very beautiful to see that. But it, it really begins, I think, and it's, it's motivated in many ways by a, a sense, a deep sense of mystery. Today, we celebrate what we hear in the collect, the opening prayer called a wondrous mystery, perhaps the greatest mystery ever revealed, made known to mankind, although we cannot fully know it, but we know something about it, and that's the mystery of the Holy Trinity. One God, three persons, and one of those persons has two natures. One God, three persons, and one of those persons has two natures. It, it really is a mystery. Many philosophers and theologians have literally spent a lifetime trying to figure this out, trying to comprehend and understand it more. In fact, in seminary, we had an entire class, an entire class just on the Holy Trinity. And the title of that class was called The Mystery of the Living God. The mystery of the living God. I think it's appropriate because it truly is. The Holy Trinity truly is a mystery. But there are some ways we can come to know something about the Holy Trinity and that beautiful mystery. And one of the ways to do that is to examine and to read and to pray through the creeds. We have the Apostles' Creed and also the Nicene Creed, among other creeds, but those are the two most widely utilized in Holy Mother Church right now. But if you were to take your catechism, I know you all have a catechism at home, but if you were to take your catechism and you open it up to the first part of the catechism, that first part talks just about our faith, what we believe in. And the basis, the structure which part one of the catechism uses to teach, to educate, to catechize about the faith are the creeds. In fact, there's one page where the catechism has the, the Apostles' Creed, which dates from about 70 or 80 AD, and it places it right next to the Nicene Creed, which comes from the Council of Nicaea in the, in the year 325. And it's interesting and fascinating to look at the two creeds side by side, because you'll see that Almost everything in the, uh, in the Apostles' Creed 
is in the Nicene Creed, almost word for word. But you also see that in the Nicene Creed, it expands on a couple of the sections of the Apostles' Creed. This came about in the Council of Nicaea because of several heresies threatening the, the doctrine, the truths, the teachings of the church in those centuries. One of those uh, heresies being the Arian heresy, which denied the, the full divinity of our Lord. And that's why there's an emphasis in the Nicene Creed compared to the Apostles' Creed. There's an emphasis on the divinity of the Son of God. You'll also see an emphasis on the purpose, the nature of the Holy Spirit. Because once again, there were some heresies floating around the church at the time, questioning the, the purpose and the nature and the mission of the Holy Spirit. So in the Apostles' Creed, we would say, I, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, right? We, we just say we believe in the Holy Spirit. Well, in the Nicene Creed, it's different. I believe, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, and so forth, right? It was to refute those heresies. So we can come to know actually quite a bit about the mystery of the Holy Trinity just by reading through and praying through, meditating on those creeds. This mystery is so profound and so important that in the year 325, at the Council of Nicaea, in an attempt to, to try to better describe and explain this, the mystery of the Trinity, the fathers of the Council invented a word which was never used before. That word is homoousios. I know you all know it, homoousios. But it's a word which is not used in any other way. It's only used for one purpose. It's not used for anything else, to describe anything else. It's only used to describe the Trinity. The mystery is so powerful, so profound, that a word had to be invented to describe it. That's pretty amazing to think about. That word is now translated to consubstantial in the English language. One in being, one in substance. So the three persons are one substance of God. Because there were heresies saying that, okay, there is a trinity, but there are three different persons, three different substances. And the Council Father said, no, consubstantial, homoousios. So the trinity, it truly is a, a wonderful and beautiful mystery and although we cannot fully comprehend it, we can actually come to know quite a bit about it just by asking the Holy Spirit to open our hearts and our minds as we read through the creed. But the mystery, which I want to focus on this morning, it's the mystery revealed to us in the readings this morning. And that is the mystery of God's wonderful love for you and I. As I mentioned a few weeks ago, God does not create us out of necessity. God does not need you. He does not need me. He does not need to create us. He does not need to redeem us. Creating and redeeming 
mankind does not make God more or less than what God is right now. We are created out of generous love, a complete and total gift, not out of necessity. And we hear about this in the readings this morning. We hear from Exodus, Moses had led the people out. They don't get too too far in the desert before they start complaining. They're pretty much complaining as they're leaving Egypt, right? If you read through Exodus, you can see that. They were in slavery for centuries. God frees them. They're already complaining, already whining about things. And Moses is pleading before God in his 34th chapter saying, this is a stiff-necked people. And although society has changed quite a bit in these thousands of years since the Exodus, this part hasn't changed much. We are still a stiff-necked people. I realize that every time I, especially when I go to confession, which was two days ago, I realize I'm a stiff-necked person. All of us here, we're stiff-necked. We want to make our own rules. We want to follow our own commandments. We want to follow our own designs. We want to do our own thing. And God is leading us to do something, and we're stiff-necked. We're very reluctant in doing that. But Moses, interceding for the people and praying to God, And asking God to give pardon and mercy for the wickedness in their sins. In a similar way, the priests, the bishops today, plead to God in every holy mass, every liturgy of the church for us, the stiff-necked people today. God forgives our sins. No matter what we could possibly do, God loves us unconditionally and forgives those sins. That's an incredible mystery. And that mystery also we hear about in the gospel. This is a very short gospel, one of the shortest in all the Sundays of the liturgical year. John 3.16. When I was growing up, I used to watch uh, football games and stuff on TV. I haven't watched sports on TV for over 10 years. But uh, I, I remember growing up, the cameras would pan the crowd, whether it be hockey or, or football or whatever, and you see these people holding up signs saying, John 3.16. Remember that? And you see bumper stickers, John 3.16, everywhere. I haven't watched too many sporting events recently in the last decade on TV, but I haven't seen one of those signs televised on, on television for a long time. I don't know if people aren't bringing them to these events, If they're not showing them, maybe they're being confiscated at the door. Maybe the television crews are just not focusing on those signs. But you would see this all over the place. John 3.16. God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. God spares no expense in loving you, loving me. He's given absolute, absolutely everything to redeem us. He's even given his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross to forgive our sins. That, that is a mystery. Why does God do that? Why did God not just wipe out humanity at Exodus 
and say, I'm going to start over with something different that's not going to whine and complain so much. Why does He continue to redeem us? Why does He continue to be faithful to His covenant when we're not? It's a wonderful mystery. It's a mystery I don't think any of us can really truly understand this side of heaven. But it's a mystery which we can all appreciate and be very thankful for. Finally, I think on this Holy Trinity Sunday, it's important to contemplate and to think about this mystery of God. Because like the relationships I mentioned in the beginning of the homily, when, when people meet each other and there's that, that sense of mystery that they want to know each other better, they want to spend time to <clears throat> try to, to resolve that mystery, something similar happens to us when we contemplate the mystery of the living God, the Holy Trinity, that's going to spark a desire in our heart to want to spend more time with God in prayer, in the scriptures, the teachings of the church. And that, that, that better knowledge of God is actually going to allow us to love him more. And the more we love him, the more we will want to know about him and so forth. But in many ways, it begins with that, that sense of mystery. The mystery of the living God, the Holy Trinity. Praise be Jesus Christ. Amen.